Hello and Happy New Year from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Once again, Josh Simmers, host of the Okinawa Karate Podcast. Very excited to bring to you the second interview with the karate nerd himself, Mr. Jesse Enkamp. First interview was on July 24th, and you can go back and listen to the previous podcast. Uh, that was when Mr. Uh, Enkamp was here for the international tournament, world tournament. Still probably not saying it right, don't care. Uh, this second interview was conducted on January 2nd of 2019, fresh on the heels of the Karate Nerd Experience, KNX 18, first time ever here in Okinawa, Japan. Please listen closely, especially around minute mark 21. I think we might see a new Uechi competitor. Gave away too much information. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. As always, send me comments questions concerns ideas advice anything you got josh at okinawa karate podcast.com josh at okinawa karate podcast.com or facebook twitter instagram or something like that please enjoy Thank you again for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. I'm Josh Simmers coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Today I have the luxury of sitting in the world famous Asato Dojo. Thank you, Mr. James Pankovich, for letting me use your dojo for this next interview. And I think most people probably know the person sitting to my left, uh, second time interviewing the karate nerd, Mr. Jesse Enkamp. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. So happy new year. Oh, same to you. Thank you very yes. much. So what brings you to Okinawa this time? Well, this time I stopped by this wonderful island for another experience, and this time it's the Karate Nerd Experience. More specifically, my annual seminar that I organize once a year only, and every time in a new country. So last year was USA, before that was the UK, before that was Germany. And this seminar is unlike any other seminar I do, because it's the only one that I actually organize myself. Because usually somebody will invite me or host me in their country, right? But once a year, I do my own seminar, which is a bit different than most other seminars. For example, we wear the pink belts, right? Yeah. And we have uh, secret lessons and cultural activities and everything from uh, learning calligraphy to uh, Zen meditation with real monks and ballet and you name it. Yeah. All kinds of you know, different experiences. That's what we call it, the Karate Nerd Experience, right? It's not just about the training, but also about the surrounding stuff that makes you a more complete martial artist. So for the first time ever now, I actually organized it at the birthplace of karate, and that is why I've been here now the past month. Very good. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you here. Um, I was just actually training today uh, yeah. with some of the karate nerds that finished the seminar, and yeah. I heard great things. Curious to know, what made you decide to come to Okinawa this, this time versus another one of the countries in Europe or South America? Or... Yeah, well, now I've been here like, I don't know, 15 times or so. And I feel like there is so much here to learn from for, for other people as well. And I've tried to share those things and transmit those, you know, words of wisdom through my videos and blogs and books and everything. But somehow it's... You know, words are not enough. You have to be here and experience, you know, this whole society and culture and the people and the traditions yourself if you want to truly sort of embrace and embody this karate nerd spirit that I try to, you know, help people find. Yeah. So that is why I wanted to actually host a seminar here as well 
open to people. This time we had attendees from over 25 different countries flying in just for this event. 25 different countries. Yeah. Did, uh, I'm sure you asked, but do you recall how many, for those 25 uh, different countries that represented, how many of those people came for the first time to Okinawa? I would say like roughly, yeah, about, yeah. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. those people may not have ever visited no. Okinawa yeah. if and, it weren't for your your program. And just today here. somebody said that, you know, I would probably never have, you know, come to Okinawa is it worth, if it wasn't for the fact that you provided this opportunity, yeah. it's a vehicle yeah. for me, you know, to yeah. finally make this happen. Yeah. All these people around the world that train, train in karate, some form of it. Yes. Um, but would have perhaps never came to the birthplace. Right. And I'm not saying you have to come here, but for me and for everyone else who view karate from a 360 degree perspective, I believe it's important to understand that no matter what you do, no matter what style, type, or kind of karate you practice, we all have one thing in common, our roots. Even if you don't practice Okinawan karate, maybe your sensei did. And even if he didn't or she didn't do it, then his or her sensei did, or his or her, or his or, and so on. Yeah. Because this is the source. Yeah. And we shouldn't even use the, the term Okinawan karate because to people here, this is karate. Yeah. Everything else is, you know, not karate. Yeah, yeah. So if you say Okinawan karate to a person or a teacher here in Okinawa, you know, they sort of look at you sideways because this is karate, yeah. nothing else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, being from the States, uh, that term is used generically. Yeah. Karate. It, right. means, it means anything and everything. It means good, bad, or indifferent. Everything from Hapkido to Tang Sodo yep. to kickboxing, you yep. know, whatever. Everything is karate these days. It, yep. It's funny. <laughs> yep. But uh, so <clears throat> you you had brought in, um, if you can, I know you have videos that we can all watch in the future when, when they're finished uh, and they'll be posted online or people can purchase videos. Um, can you just give us a quick insight of the senseis that taught this year? Yeah. So this year, as every year, I try to expose people to senseis from different styles who teach different types of karate, whether it's modern or traditional, you know, uh, old or new, sports or, or street fighting self-defense. It doesn't matter. As a karate nerd, you should strive to learn something from everyone, right? So this year, for example, I wanted to expose people to three major Okinawan styles because it's in Okinawa after all. So we had Yoshio Kuba, uh, Goju-ryu, we had Kanji Uechi, fourth generation of the straight bloodline of the Uechi-ryu style. And then we had um, uh, secret sensei, Yoshida Naotsugu, who was uh, who's a praying mantis uh, kung fu expert. And we had my brother, Oliver, teaching uh, MMA for karate. We had me teaching uh, Kobudo. And last but not least, uh, sensei Nakasone Koichi, teaching full contact, bare knuckle, no nonsense, yeah. street fighting, shurite karate. And uh, yeah, that's it. What was the feedback you got already from the uh, the people that attended the seminar with that selection of senseis? Were they um, surprised or were they, you know, is it what they expected? Did you get any type of feedback already? Well, well the thing is, at, at, at this seminar and with a lot of my work, uh, you never know what to expect. Yeah. You know, I, I always try to play on the element of surprise because that builds anticipation, which then makes people excited and all of that. So they didn't really know exactly what they were gonna do, right? Yeah. So basically they trust me as the host and organizer to provide them with a good experience, which is, which is the way I like to have it, right? Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know, what I want people to get out of this, and 
what I actually always get out of this event specifically is that everything is connected. You know, the cosmetic appearance of a specific style might look wildly different from another style, but under the surface, the underlying principles are always the same because the human body is the human body. You know, an arm is an arm is an arm. It only bends, uh, you know, a certain range, yeah. right? And then it breaks. Yeah. And you can only break it so many ways before you call it a new style, right? So hopefully people can, you know, not get, what's what's the saying? Like you can see the forest for the trees yeah, or something yeah, like that. Trees, right. Yeah. So I want people to kind of go into the forest and examine the trees. Yep. The trees that I point out to them, right? And provide them with through this event or this experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that when they step out of the forest, they can see it in a new light. Yeah. 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 You know, something I had heard um, from the, the people that attended, we had a conversation about the belts. The pink, right. The pink obi. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I saw a post that you put online. It was kind of funny. You had put on uh, Instagram, only two people have ever denied to wear it. <laughs> One, we all know Master Ken because he said it was bullshit. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, another person did refused for whatever reason yeah. and then you played yeah. and refunded the money but yep. uh, I had heard someone say the beauty of those those pink obies is that there was I think someone maybe fifth Q yeah in the seminar yeah all the way up to maybe fifth Don right yeah nobody knows but there's no nobody cares yeah here we're all equal right I remember the very first KNX I did I never told anyone that they were gonna wear the same belts right so they expected to come in Germany, right? I'm not from Germany, but that's where I organized the first one. People come there, again, from over 25 different countries. Nobody knows what to expect. What do they get in their goodie bag? A pink belt. I can't imagine what they thought that night when they looked into their goodie bag and they went to bed thinking, am I gonna wear this tomorrow? Because I hadn't explained everything, anything. And then of course I told them that you know, during my research, I came up with a list of maybe 16 secret ingredients that the perfect karate seminar needs to have because everything I do is backed up by my own research beforehand, right? Everything I do is calculated. And so there's a reason for this pink belt, right? Because a white belt doesn't always want to practice with a black belt. And a black belt doesn't always want to practice with a white belt. So imagine if everyone wears the same belt and nobody knows the true rank of anyone else and suddenly the ego and insecurity that we tend to attach to our belts yeah. melts away yeah. and magic happens. Yeah. And now, obviously, a lot of people say, well, why did you choose pink? Because you don't have any associated experiences or memories in karate with this color, right? If I told you to wear pink, that's not my job. Your sensei should degrade you, not me. Yeah, yeah. And if I, t I can't tell you to wear black if you're not a black belt, right? I'm not, I'm not qualified to, to give you a black belt. I had to pick a totally different color. Yeah. So pink was the result, but of course I didn't call it pink. It's momoiro, oh. peach blossom color. <laughs> so okay. you sound kind of badass like a samurai, yeah, right? Yeah. Sakura, you know, the peach <laughs> blossom trees or whatever. But of course it's just pink. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the punchline. I didn't realize that you did that from, from the first KNX. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's when people actually started knowing about it. But yeah. before that, nobody knew about it. And now people expect it, right? So it's not exactly the same thing, but it's still always at KNX, you're going to wear the pink belt. Do you know what's interesting? Um, when we were doing the seminars here, after yeah. your KNX was finished, yeah. 
people were still wearing the pink belt. I know. A few yeah. people wore a white belt. Right. A few people wore their black belt. Yeah. Most people still wore the pink belt. I and think... I have no idea what, what nope. grade they right. were. Exactly. Um, but I was like, okay, because it customary in Okinawa, and you did this when you were here in August, mm -hmm. and you filmed uh, the Okinawa Karate uh, Nerd and Okinawa Project, um, you were a white obi many times. And I think I saw at least one person ask you online on Instagram or Facebook or something, why do you have a white obi? And what's, if you, if you could explain to somebody, uh, well, just explain it. I'll ask you, why do you wear a white obi sometimes when you visit dojos? Well, I, it's a case by case thing, right? So if I'm in my dojo, I'm teaching, of course, I'm going to wear my black belt because that's where it belongs. If I go to, to learn Matsubayashiri from Aragaki Sensei, I'm there to learn. Sure, I'm a black belt in my school. I'm not in my school anymore. And I'm not there to prove how good I am at my own stuff. I'm there to learn something completely new. And that's Shoshin, the beginner's mind, right? Because in the beginner's mind, the possibilities are endless. In the expert's mind, the possibilities are few. That's a common saying, right, from Zen Buddhism. And, and the white belt, that's what it represents, right? That you're ready to learn. You're a beginner, and I'm here just to, to you know, teach me. Onegaishimasu. That's the Japanese concept, right? That's why I'm here. And that's why whenever I go to a new place where I want to make sure that people understand that I am a student here, I don't pretend that I know anything yeah. about what you do or how you do it. And just to, you know, to make that statement, I always wear a white belt because honestly, I couldn't care less what belt I'm wearing, but to other people, it seems to matter yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, if people get hung up on it, but I appreciate that. And thank you for the explanation because <clears throat> I think sometimes when people uh, see that, they look at it very, very strange. Why is, it, is this person trying to lie about who they really are? Right. No, 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 no. It's, at yeah. least on Okinawa, I will say, right. that's not the case. I, sure. Other places, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people, when they've come to our dojo, our sensei will, will tell them usually, oh, wear yes. whatever you want. You want to yes. wear white? Wear it. If you're a black belt, wear it. Whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. You know, up right. to them. But it, it takes off some of the pressure, I think. Yeah. Also for that person. Exactly. Sure, sure, sure. And and you know what's funny? When people sometimes come to my dojo, because I have guests stopping by in Sweden where my dojo is, and they will wear their black belt, and sometimes they will even line up next to the other black belts at my dojo. Well, then I will expect of you to perform as well as the other black belts in my dojo. When we do the kata or the kumite or the specific techniques that my students have been practicing for a decade and you're not following along, then why are you even pretending yeah. to, you know, like you know that? Why are you wearing that black belt? Because you're not in your school anymore. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to tell you to wear a white belt. It should come from you. I, I never force anyone to do anything. I will only lead by example and then it's your choice whether to do the same or do it your way. That's all I can do. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, I would like to ask you if we can go back in time a little bit. Let's do it. A few months back to August. Yeah. You were here during the – let me make sure I get it right because I still mess this up. Mm -hmm. The first Okinawa Karate International Tournament. <laughs> Something like that. that. Right? 
not world tournament, something like that. Right. I call it the unofficial world tournament, traditional style, right? Yes. Because it's not right. the sports karate world tournament. Yeah. It's a traditional one. In, in, in speaking of that, the reason it was called the, uh, yeah, a good way to say the traditional or the, the Okinawa internationals because we had Shurite, which was Shurite Tomorite, yeah, to cover the Shoden Ryu people. We had Nahate for the Dojuryu. And then we had Uichi Ryu, right? And Kodo. And then Kodo, so you could be any of those Ryus yeah. and compete in, compete in Kodo. They right. didn't separate there. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that. Uh, I think now everyone knows what you competed in, but if not, you should go back and watch the Okinawa Karate. Right. Visit Okinawa, <laughs> yeah. um, but something pretty amazing happened uh, before your last match. Right. I'll ask you if you can relive <laughs> that whether you want to or not, but can you tell us? We right. talk about it a little bit there, but I'd like to... Uh, well, I just want to make sure you're referencing my my my, my ball, right? Yeah. So, so I came here for the world championships, right in Kobudo. We filmed a lot of episodes for my YouTube web show, and then I I won the qualifications. I won uh, the next round and the next round, and I get to the finals, right? And so I'm warming up on the third floor of the Budokan, the prefectural hall of martial arts, where the event is happening, right? And like. Seriously, 20 minutes before I'm about to go on the mat, my ball breaks. Why? Because I hit it against my own ribs. My ribs didn't snap, the ball did, yeah. right? Maybe because of the climate, because it's from Sweden, right? Okay. It's, it's not used to this type of humidity. I don't know. I'm not an expert at wood, right? I just do the moves and hope the ball doesn't break. It did. So 20 minutes before the finals, my ball is in two pieces, right? I run around like a chicken without a head, trying to find a new ball to borrow from somebody. And you know what's amazing? My opponent for the finals actually said, you can use mine after I'm done with my kata. Really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Ah. Right. And I was like, Kinjo-san. Yes. I was like, well, I could, but you know, you know, I had the devil on one shoulder that was telling me he's not going to give me his ball. I'm going to get disqualified. He will win. He doesn't have to give me his ball. Yeah, and I'm going to be there looking like a fool without a ball. And they hand him the flags, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to take that chance. I'm, he's a good guy. I met yeah, him, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you never know, right? Yeah. So, on the other hand, I have the angel, right? You know, telling me to go get a ball, yeah. okay? Because you can do this. <laughs> so, you know, another guy comes comes over. And, and he's also very famous. Mitsutada Iha-sensei. Ah, yes. And he, one of his students was competing in the junior division and he was already finished. So he said, you can use this ball. So I used that ball, which was, uh, it was already approved for competition. It was an adult ball, even though this junior was using it. It was not a kiddie ball yeah, or anything, yeah. right? It was approved to use. So they had to recheck it to make sure I wasn't cheating, right? And then I went up and did my best with that ball. And uh, the result was, of course, that I, I'm vice champion, yes. not champion. Yeah. Um, but I was still satisfied with my performance, you know, considering the circumstances and, you know, that I had to, to change to a completely different ball, yeah. different density, different thickness, yeah. all of that. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I adapted yep. and uh, I can't complain. So if we can explain, uh, you have to uh, have a, uh, a bow that meets a certain length yeah. and weight. Right. So uh, Jesse Sensei's bow, which was, you made it. Yeah. We can yeah. call it homemade. Yeah. Uh, met the specifications of 900 grams, right? Yeah, 900 grams, standard six foot bow. Yeah, 
um, but you had to borrow yeah. someone else's, which was a a, a charado, yeah, well, right, very good weapon, sure, I mean, yeah, but yeah. it's not your weapon, mm, it's, it's not, not the same, right. and it may have been nine hundred and one or nine hundred and two or whatever, <laughs> right. and that is not going to mean a lot to someone like me, right? right. But someone that at your caliber or competing in the finals there, yeah, that does mean a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, in in the mental game of it, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny because I was sitting up in the stands yeah, right. with with uh, Evan, our mutual friend, and my daughters and his daughters, and I we saw you walk out, yeah, holding not one piece of wood right. but two, right. And I said, "Holy crap! I think he broke his bow." <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, that's what happened. So <laughs> yeah, uh, and I the interview afterwards, you you I mean took it like a champion. I said, not making any excuses. Yeah, but I want to ask you honestly, did it did it play a mental game on you? No, you know what? I was mostly disappointed because here's the thing. If I hadn't broken my bow, I would have done a different kata. Ah. I would have done a riskier kata, a more advanced kata, because I'm familiar with the weight distribution and the quality of movement that I can produce with yeah. my own bow. Yeah. But with this standard cookie cutter, you know, yeah. straight from a factory bow that I got now, I didn't know exactly how it would behave in my hands because I had a didn't have time to practice with it. So I fell back to a more basic kata that was harder to mess up on, but at the same time, it wasn't as advanced or impressive as the kata that I would like to have done. So I had to make that decision. And, and I don't regret that. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, watching both uh, yourself and, and Kinjo-san, beautiful kata, uh, it was not unanimous. No, you did yeah. get, uh, I think, get one two, flag. yeah. So, yeah. Um, home turf is, is tough to beat, right? But it was it was a great performance. I'm very happy that you still went through. Yeah. <laughs> Most thank you as, as a fan. <laughs> Me too. Uh, it was great. But uh, I wanted to get your feedback yeah. on the tournament. Yeah. You are no uh, rookie to tournaments, yeah. but this was the, the first international one, I guess they want to call it, here on yeah. Okinawa. Feedback, pros and cons, and open comments well I think it was a very good arrangement and uh, you know I was recently in Tokyo competing at the Premier League the highest level of the World Karate Federation the Olympic qualification yeah. tournaments and it was very similar okay everything was on time you know the professional people like the Japanese always are they're good at organizing things so I gotta say that they did a good job and I, I have nothing you know pros and cons I can't really find any cons Okay. I, I think it was just what I expected, professionalism and everything on time. Good, Yeah. good. So you'd come back and do it again. Definitely. All right. yeah. But I don't want to do bow again. Yeah. No. Binder yeah. done that. Yeah. Next, maybe I will do sai. Yeah. Or maybe, here's a fun thing I was thinking. Instead of kokuro, I would actually try to learn uechiryu, the style of uechiryu, which I've only dabbled in, yeah. right? I have some experience. I've done it here and there at seminars and, and so, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So what I would do is I would find a teacher, dedicate myself for 30 days, one month, learning two, three, four kata, how, you know, however many I need, and then I would do my best and see how far that would get me at the World Traditional Championships. You heard it here first. Uh, is this the first time you this said this? This is the first time I met you. You heard it here first. <laughs> He's coming back. <laughs> like, you know, like a challenge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. That would be yeah. one heck of a challenge. Yeah. And then we'd see how far that would take. Yeah, and um, yeah, we'd love to see that. I hope that works <laughs> out. I'd love to say. Yeah, I'm curious to know when they, when they do the next tournament. So they did bow and they did sai. Yeah. And I don't 
know if it's been determined. I'm sure there's been talk of it. Are they gonna Are they gonna introduce Tumpa next time or something? I have no idea. Yeah. But, uh, I don't. I just can't see it staying only with bow and side. Yeah. Tumpa's a pretty valuable weapon. Right. Nunchaku. Yeah. You know who knows? Kama, might, take, yeah. Oh, there's so many Kama, weapons, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, maybe they'll open it up to more, but uh, we'll yeah. see. There's been. There's been quite a bit of talk, and I've I've actually heard a handful of things after yeah. the tournament. Really, just my sensei uh, telling me what people have said. And, you know, there's always going to be people complaining, right? Yeah. But my personal opinion, uh, like you said, everything was on time. Huh. You know, it was. It, I think it ran quite well, huh. and I think they're going to make it even better the next time around. Hopefully, At least I hope. Yeah, that's that's I always improve. Yep. Um, like to also go back to August if we, if we can. When when I interviewed you the first time, I had I had posted out on Facebook for people to throw questions my way. Yeah. That I could ask you. I didn't yeah. do it this time because I just didn't. Yeah. But I do want to go back to one of the questions that I had asked. Uh, a woman had posted in uh, Karate Fit about one of her students that can't do push-ups. Yeah. Because of wrist pain. Yeah. And you had said at that time, you know, the, the, the woman asked basically, what what can this student do? I don't want them to yeah. miss out on the benefit of the questions that you had mentioned, maybe doing push-ups against the wall. Right. And it's important to have, I think you said, progression yeah. and regression. Right. And I did not do this person justice following up yeah. for a better explanation so I understand it, so maybe they understand it, about what is progression, what is regression, and why are they important? Right. And I know that that can probably go into a very long Detailed sure. answer. Well, yeah, let me try to keep it simple. So we have three different zones of practice. We have the comfort zone, where nothing ever grows, okay? Which is where many people find themselves quite often. We have the challenge zone, where that's where you're, you know, challenged up to your limits, but not too much, because then you end up in the danger zone. And that's where you get overtrained, injured, sick, burnt out, all of that stuff, right? So you want to kind of find the sweet spot, find the balance. And the way that you go between these zones is either you progress an exercise or you regress it until you find the sweet spot. And the way to find the sweet spot is to assess before you do an exercise. You do the exercise and then you reassess. Did this get me closer to my goal or my intended target? Or did it take me further away, right? Or was there no change at all? If not, you, you switch, you know, or you do a different exercise, or you step up the intensity, or you lower it. Mm -hmm. It's all about adapting and adjusting according to your needs, because everyone are different. Mm -hmm. Which is, of course, you know, a funny thing, because old school karate was very individual, right? Yeah. It was a highly personal journey and practice. And a sensei would pick a specific kata that you should do, for example, yeah. or a way that you should punch or, or do something else, right? Yeah. But then when it got modernized, everyone started doing the same thing because 5,000 people standing in a soccer field needs to stand, see from over there what to do, right? Yeah. Because the masses started practicing and it became more like calisthenics and yeah. self-perfection rather than self-protection, right? Yeah, yeah. So I believe that this, this way or this method of individually adjusting the practice and adapting based on your needs individually yeah. is more aligned with the old school mentality of karate as a whole. It's a it, very <laughs> interesting way. I had asked you a question about doing push-ups, yeah. and I uh, came back to kata. Like Always. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's let's keep going with that then. How does uh, how does Jesse Encamp go about his personal training so it's not 
looking like everyone else in the dojo, especially when you are competing at the world level that you're competing? How do you find? How do you find it? I guess in yourself, because I have to believe that someone with your your skill set and your caliber, there's different ways you could do things, but you have to fit a mold mm. to a certain point within yeah. the world competition. Mm. Sure. How do you go about that? Uh, trying to to do your own practice and keep your own interest and not get burnt out, I guess, right. focusing only on the tournament kata, but, but still keeping the mindset of self-defense. Yeah. And, you know, to me, this is one of the many reasons I like to call myself a karate nerd because I, I like to do it all. And I like to learn from all of the different methods. But if I have a specific goal in mind, let's say I'm competing at the European Championships for the national team then obviously I will focus on that specific goal and whatever outcome I'm seeking, I will try to tailor my training around that for this specific process, right? So, sure, when I'm in Okinawa, I will practice, you know, dirty boxing and joint locks and chokes and takedowns and those kinds of nasty self-defense techniques because that is why I'm here, right? To learn the old methods. But then, again, I don't see it as a paradox that Next week, I will be at the national team training camp in freaking Finland, training with the national coach who was one of the highest ranked, you know, Olympic athletes in Europe, yeah. learning how to fine tune a few degrees of my hip rotation, yeah. which has absolutely no correlation with, you know, the stuff I'm doing here in Okinawa yeah. right now. But that's why I enjoy it and why I am always motivated because. If I get tired of doing my kobudo, I will go to the makiwara. If I get tired of that, I will go to the groundwork. If I get tired of that, I will go to the competition stuff. Which is why I believe that everyone should be a karate nerd. You should be nerdy and passionate about something to such a degree that you don't care what other people call it. You just want to learn more of it. Yeah. That's all I can say. Okay. Yeah. Keep on keeping on with that. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, so next week you're going to be in Finland, you said, Yeah. working uh, with the national team yeah. because the ultimate goal right. is to get to the Olympics. One, one of many goals. One of many goals. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of weird with goal setting. I have things I would like to do, yeah. right? Yeah. But if I do them or not, I feel it's not always up to me, right? I will only focus on what I can do to the best of my ability with what I have here and now. Then whether that takes me to a specific goal or not, I see as something perhaps separate. I only focus on the journey or the process of what I can control. And then if the stars align and if the universe wants, then that will take, take me wherever I need to go, right? Maybe that is the Olympics. Maybe I can be there one day or maybe it is not meant for me. But all I can do is try my best. That's, that's the way I see it. So to say that Olympics is, is a goal, sure, but there is another Olympics after that, yeah, hopefully, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to go jump off a cliff sure. if I fail this you know, grandiose goal yeah. or anything like yeah. that. I just want to get that across because I see especially a lot of athletes get hung up on external motivation when they should be thinking maybe more about internal motivation. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. I think that... Being the karate nerd that you are is what, looking at, you know, from the outside, right, an outside view, being the karate nerd that you are is what helps with that, keeping you mm. on track. 
versus being a, a professional swimmer. Right. You know, because how many swimming nerds are there? Out there? <laughs> so many different strokes. You're studying, yeah. But I, I, I guess that's what keeps you on track there. So. Yeah, and it's hard for me to not be a karate nerd because karate is so, you know, diverse and big and vast. And yeah. if you just look outside of your own limitations yeah. of the specific way of karate that you've been taught, then there is an endless mm -hmm. amount of material to uncover and unfold through your own journey that you can learn and right. keep learning forever. You know, Qu Do Mu Gen is a common saying in karate. The way, the path of, of karate is endless. There is no stopping. Mm -hmm. Very true. Hard, hard to comprehend sometimes, especially when, when you look at someone of, of your skill set, but I mm. yeah, appreciate that. Um, person I'd like to talk to uh, talk about next, if we can, um, is your mother. Sure. Uh, she's here on this trip. I had the pleasure to meet her. All right. I told her, I told you this, and I told her one of the one of my favorite videos that you posted was when I followed <laughs> her around the dojo um, yeah, for her birthday. You right, know, right. Seeing her <laughs> clean up uh, the dojo and everything all day. Right. So how, from your perspective, how has this been this time on yeah. Okinawa with your mom as part of the KNX versus just coming here years ago as a boy training? Is yeah, well, a different the, feeling for you? Yeah, because, you know, KNX is an event that I organize and, and something that I'm obviously proud of doing. Because all the work that I do is personal. So I see myself as an artist, and artists always take it personal because it's from the heart. And I always invite my family to the KNX, Karate Nerd Experience, no matter where it is in the world. And so, of course, Okinawa was no different. My brother and my mom came with me, as did my girlfriend Louise, who was filming, as she always does. And uh, she's right behind the camera over there, <laughs> training while we're sitting here yeah. uh, talking. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience. Uh, my brother hadn't been here in a decade, actually. Oh. Last time we came here together was 10 years ago. But I came here, I believe, two years ago or three years ago with my mom. And, uh, sure, this time it was a little bit more busy because we had a schedule to follow, a timetable for the event. Yeah. Usually we just do whatever we like, yeah. you know, during the days because it's, you know, it's not really a vacation. It's like a training trip when we come here. We can't go on vacations, right? As a family... <laughs> We go training. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, what yeah, country yeah. would we like to go to to see some stuff, but also train? That's yeah. usually the question. Just check so, the there. No, but I think it was a great experience uh, overall. Good. Yeah. I've, I uh, I gotta tell you, I heard good things about your mom too. Yeah. Uh, from, great. From some one of the other sensei, Yoshida sensei. Okay. Was, was quite impressed. I'm not yeah. sure what what training you were doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but something impressed him. Right. Uh, right. And I think that's awesome. I had mentioned to her. Earlier today, when, when your brother was here training, uh, I think she's done an amazing job with her sons. Obviously, <laughs> the, the caliber of uh, person that you are and your brother, uh, someone to be a professional MMA fighter and a professional yeah. karate nerd, right. can't come easy. But uh, I think yeah. too much of that goes unnoticed right. by right. parents yeah. in general, but uh, especially with, with your mom. So I think that's really cool. Did she, did she come to all the KXs? Yes. Yeah. yes. Ah. No, not the, actually the very first. Because ah. in the very first KNX, I didn't want any distractions, right? Okay. So it was the first time I did it. I didn't know if it was going to work out or not. Yeah. You know, so all I had was my friend Matthias, who is, uh, was the local organizer, who has ever since then also joined me at every KNX. Okay. Yeah. And now he's the photographer. Uh, yeah. Ah, yes, 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 yes. In Germany. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's done some work for, I think, CFA and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I want to wrap this up with a, a couple questions here yep. for you. Um, some funny or not funny. Or, um, <laughs> a bow or staff? What's the proper term for, for Jesse and Cam? Both are the same. Staff is English, bow is Japanese, and okay. cone is Okinawan. Okay. Pick your poison. Okay. When I hear the word staff, I have to look behind me because I think my sensei from America is coming to, uh -huh. coming to beat me. Uh -huh. Os or no os? <laughs> I say, whatever your sensei says, say that. Okay. Because ultimately, it's about respect, right? Yeah. However, a lot of people use the term os without even knowing what it means. They just, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Somebody says that, you start copying it. You know, then the os parade is down the street, right? Yeah. So you wanna usually you wanna know what you're saying before you start screaming it everywhere, every place you go, right? Yeah. So if I'm in a kyokushin dojo, where the term os means to push, just like you go to a shopping mall and you open or push the door, it will say os in the kanji, the Japanese character. It's the same os that they use in kyokushin karate to push through the pain of training, right? Pain is mandatory, suffering is optional, right? Yeah. You gotta push through to get out to the other side and grow and overcome your own limitations, right? So if I'm doing Kyokushin, I'm gonna say os if everyone else keeps saying that in this dojo because I wanna be respectful of their culture. But when I go to Nakamoto Masahiro Sensei at the Bumbu Khan, I wouldn't dare say os to him because that would be completely wrong. It's all about understanding the context. Right? Okay. The cultural context yeah. especially. Now there are other explanations for what os might mean. If I'm jogging at 6.30 a.m. at the Onoyama Park and, and an old man goes os in the morning, probably he means ohayou uh, gozaimasu. You know, a short abbreviation, short form of good morning. I'm going to say os back. Not because I want him to push through you know, and punch uh, bricks, but because I want to say good morning. Yeah. And then sometimes when I go to train with the Sakamoto Sensei students, the national team people, when we bow, we go os. But in this case, it means onegaishimasu. Let's train together. Please teach me. And it's also a short form of that. Yeah. Three different explanations to the exact same term. Again, pick your poison. Yeah. Just make sure you know what it means and when <laughs> to use it. Uh, fantastic. You know why I asked you that? Because right, uh, here in Okinawa, some people want to behead you for saying it. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. actually, uh, I did not think I would ever hear it when I yeah. was when I was here at yeah. Okinawa. My sensei says it all the time. Yeah, yeah. all the time. You walk in the dojo, os. You, yeah. you know, in kata or yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Os, you know, yes. everything. But yes. some people get pretty pretty bent out of shape on that. Right. Um, who wins in a fight, you or your brother? Me. Okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen? I, I did, I did, but you cut the and stopped filming. I, I took the nunchucks. You can imagine the rest. <laughs> Who wins in a fight? You or Master Ken? We already had a fight too. I didn't see that. It's already on YouTube. I didn't How, see it, the, it's, the it's, Master Ken fight. Just check it out. It's called How to Defeat Master Ken. It's right there. I apologize. I did not yeah. see the fight yeah. with you and Master yeah, Ken. Yeah, yeah. I imagine there's a groin stomp or two in there. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that who wins the fight? You and your mom. You and your mom. Well, she, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm giving up before the fight even. There starts. you go. <laughs> Jesse Sensei, that's all I've got. I know you've got a tight schedule because tonight's your last night in Okinawa. Yes. You're heading home early tomorrow morning. Early tomorrow morning. Uh, you have a dojo to open, and yes. I heard uh, the move is coming up as well for the dojo. Did you yeah. want to say? Exactly. So,
everyone should, I guess, if there's a grand opening, go to go to school. Yeah, definitely. And see that. And the next KNX yeah. is when and where? July, Stockholm, Sweden. And if you're watching this, you're very welcome. As long as you're 18 plus, speak English, and you have to be a karate nerd. And it sells out fast. 24 so, hours usually. Yeah. So <laughs> jump on it. I live in Okinawa, and this one sold out before I knew about it. So pay attention. But Sensei, yes. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much for taking well, my absolute pleasure. Again. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Train hard. Good luck. And have fun, like I usually say in my video. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.